Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a football Friday. Coming off an excellent Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a really safe and fun holiday with your family and friends. I know I did. I am recording here on Thursday evening after all of the festivities as the New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons game winds down. So we had a nice appetizer to get us ready for the first week of football since the beginning of the season with no buys. It is going to be a jam-packed schedule, and I am really excited for this playoff push for the general NFL and to watch our Titans take that next leap and hopefully get into the playoffs. So obviously they have to start on Sunday in Indianapolis against a bang-up Colts team. We're going to talk about that in our first segment. I'm going to give you my game preview, what my keys to the game are for the offense and for the defense and the key players to watch for the game, in my opinion. In our second segment, as we always do, we will do my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview and keep it at plus 100 to cover the fantasy and gambling aspects of the Titans-Colts game. In our third segment, we will do Song of the AFC South with our playoff picture preview and take a look at what the Titans fans' rooting interest should be this weekend and what will help the Titans get one of those playoff spots. So we will jump into all of that next. Let's get it. Your Tennessee Titans lead story is a big game against the Colts on Sunday where the Titans will have the opportunity to get a monkey off their back when it comes to playing against the Colts in their building in Indianapolis and Lucas Oil Stadium, the house that Peyton Manning built. How will they be able to do that? It's very simple what the game plan should be against this Colts team that isn't incredibly explosive in any one area. They're just a hard-nosed, well-coached, disciplined football team that does what they do well. And what they do best is run the football. They're third best in the NFL, rushing for 144 yards per game. They put 167 yards on the Titans in Week 2. So it does sound simple, but it is so vital and so crucial that the Titans stop the run against the Colts. That is the central hub of everything they do do as a football team, including time of possession, including keeping Jacoby Brissett clean and getting him to play action. So it'll be important for the Titans to shut that down from the start, and then everything else should unravel from there. Also, on defense, the Titans will need to play man coverage and blitz Jacoby Brissett. The Colts only average 195 passing yards per game. That's 29th in the NFL. Like I said, they're not incredibly explosive, and they'll be missing a ton of their primary weapons. So, I expect the Titans, who will have the more talented play in the secondary to go man coverage against the lesser players of the Colts and then blitz Jacoby Brissett who's still dealing with a knee injury make him be mobile make him move around and make plays against those like I said lesser talented options on the outside that will be the plan for the Titans on defense on offense the Colts have a fantastic run defense. They only allow 97 yards per game on the ground. I expect the Titans to attack downfield early. Throw some deep passes early on in the game. Loosen up that Colts defense that will inevitably put eight or nine guys in the box to deal with Derrick Henry. Loosen that up early. Get those safeties thinking about staying back in their pass coverage responsibilities so that they're not so willing and so aggressive coming up to defend the run. And that'll open things up for Derrick Henry in the long run. Also, we saw in numerous occasions that the Titans are having success with the play-action bootleg. So, when they sell that run fake to the outside to Derrick Henry hard, Tannehill is bootlegging back all by himself. We saw him get a couple 
couple of big runs off that. We saw him complete a couple of passes to A.J. Brown on those bootlegs. We saw him even get his touchdown on one of those bootlegs, two of those bootlegs, quite frankly. So, there will be teams now that are ready for those bootlegs. And what the Titans are doing on those bootlegs is they're having A.J. Brown run about 10 to 15 yards up and then cut directly across the field. That's called a dig route, typically, in an NFL offense. And then on the other side, they'll have Corey Davis running a post to stretch the field vertically. We're having a lot of success right now hitting A.J. Brown across the middle. The Colts are a well-coached team, and they're going to be ready for that. So what's the counter when they expect things to go over the middle? I want to see the Titans, who typically keep a couple tight ends or at least one tight end in on those bootlegs to sell the run fake. Right after the run fake, leak one of the tight ends, whether it be Ferkser or Jonu. I actually expect it to be Ferkser if they hit this exact play. Uh, expect Ferkser to kind of roll to the backside away from where Ryan Tannehill is bootlegging and then Tannehill to look back across the field to the opposite side and, and hit them down the sideline. The Colts will be expecting the wide receiver to come across the middle mirroring Ryan Tannehill's bootleg direction, throw a, a backside lob down the sideline on the opposite side of the field to a tight end, and that should keep the Colts honest if the Titans are able to hit that once or twice during the game. So look out for that. My key players, I'm just going to the entire Titans defensive line to be involved in the run game. Even the role players there, Isaiah Mack, Austin Johnson, Matt Dickerson. Of course, Jeffrey Simmons will have to be a force in run defense. Jarrell Casey will have to penetrate and disrupt the run game early on. Harold Landry will have to set an edge. We'll see who plays on the opposite edge at this time with the Titans a little banged up in that realm. It will most likely be Kamale Correa, but... That will be incredibly important for that unit to do their job and perform at a high level against this talented Colts offensive line and run blocking attack. Also on offense, as I mentioned, the Titans will need to take some shots downfield early. So who are going to be able to get those shots downfield? Jonu Smith. Delaney had four catches, 39 yards in week two. Clearly the tight end is something that the Colts can struggle with when the Titans go to play action, covering up the tight end. So look for Jonu Smith to have a big game. Also, Corey Davis been kind of quiet recently. I expect a big game from him catching the ball downfield against a banged up Colts team and a banged up Colts defense. So hopefully the Titans will be able to pull off a victory, which is exactly what I'm going to predict. I do think the Titans go into Indianapolis, get a victory on the road, continue their playoff push, and will have the opportunity to be tied for the AFC South Division League on Monday morning. I'm expecting, obviously, the Titans' offense to maybe not put up as much points as they have been recently, but I fully expect them to have some explosive plays on offense to help open up the game. I think the Titans' defense will hold the Colts' running attack under 110 rushing yards in the game, which will actually be a win for the defense, and the Titans will win this ball game 23 to 16 in a closer than we want game, but one that will feel good once we get to the end. And I'll be excited to break it all down on Monday if it does go that way. Real quick, before we get into our second segment here, I do want to kind of update you guys on the current injury status of the Titans and the Colts. First, the Colts, they're going to be missing a ton of their top players, at least on offense. Eric Ebron, Marlon Mack, T. 
T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, all will be out. That's something I alluded to earlier in our game preview. Uh, also, one thing of concern for them, I, I do see that guard, uh, probably the best guard, maybe the best offensive lineman in the entire NFL, Quentin Nelson, didn't practice. He was downgraded from Wednesday to Thursday where he did not practice on Thursday due to a hip injury. So that'll definitely be something to monitor here. He is the heart and soul of that offensive line. And um, I know it's just an offensive lineman, but I'm, I'm sure all of you realize if you've heard of Quentin Nelson that, uh, you know, his loss would be a, a truly major impact on that team. So we will monitor that. To the Titans side, uh, the things of concern for me at this moment in time are... Honestly, Reggie Gilbert and LaShawn Sims haven't practiced all week. The Titans are really thin in the secondary right now due to Malcolm Butler's injury. The Titans are really thin on the edge due to Cameron Wake's injury and Sheree Finch being banged up for most of the year. Uh, They're bringing guys up from practice squad in those positions with Kareem Orr and Matt Roberson. So, you know, that's, that's just areas of concern. Hopefully, they'll be able to get some limited work in on Friday. But at this point, I don't expect to see them you know, actually out there on Sunday, unfortunately. But Joshua Kalu with an ankle was able to participate. Uh, Tajay Sharp with a hamstring was able to get and be a full participant on Thursday's practice. Same with Daquan Jones and Adoree Jackson. So those are the type of things that you do want to see some of the Titans' key players there that they'll need, especially Joshua Kalu on special teams and now obviously in the secondary. He'll be a key part for the Titans on Sunday and have a really increased role. And as football always tells you, next man up. We'll see that in tight end and edge position with Delaney Walker and Cam Waite going on IR as well. So that kind of rounds out the injury report for the game for both teams. We will update that. Well, I will update you guys even more and make sure I, I tweet stuff out and retweet things that I see with the player status after Friday's practice. And I'll try to keep you abreast there. If you aren't already, please follow me at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. I don't know why you wouldn't be already if you listen to the show. I put all the Tic Tac Titans segments, uh, breakdowns on there. And the film work uh, has definitely increased in quality throughout the season for you guys. So I hope that you will go over there if you are listening to the show at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. So let's jump into my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview and keeping it plus 100 so we can go over the gambling and the fantasy aspects of this game. Attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet sports but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan and you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by, you simply 
can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview. Let's jump into the fantasy conversation around this game. So as we mentioned before, the Colts clearly have a good run defense. They're a little more susceptible in the past, but generally speaking, they're just a really good defense overall. Uh, They're very well coached, very disciplined, and they play coverage. They don't blitz a lot. They're one of the lowest blitzing teams in the NFL. I believe it's 23% uh, blitz rate. So they just sit back, play coverage, rush you with their four men, and you know, try to try to do the best that they can in that sense. So they don't give up a lot of explosive plays because they don't leave themselves susceptible on the back end uh, by blitzing and by stacking the box. They're generally just a 4-3 base defense, and they do a great job because they're well coached. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, they're a very simple ball club, but they do the simple things very, very well. So the Titans will have to be diligent here. They'll have to look for some good opportunities, and quite frankly, from a fantasy perspective, there may not be a lot to go around. So you'll have to be very smart if you want to go with certain Titans players. So let's just take a look uh, how the tight or how the Colts do uh, when it comes to giving up fantasy points on the season. Right now, they are the 13th best in the NFL against quarterbacks, giving up 16.6 yard, uh, fantasy points per game. The running back position, they are the fifth best in preventing running back fantasy scoring, only giving up 13.8 fantasy points per game. Wide receivers, they're a little more susceptible there. They're the 19th defense and giving up wide receiver fantasy points at 23 points per game. They're 15th against the tight end, giving up 7 points per game. And they are 9th against fantasy defenses, giving up 6.3 fantasy points per game. So where can we find some areas of opportunity here? While the Colts are good against the quarterback, generally they're in the top half of the league at 13th. Ryan Tannehill has been on a tear. Since he took over as starter, no one has scored more fantasy points than Ryan Tannehill other than Lamar Jackson, who's a football god right now. I mean, Lord. So, keying up Ryan Tannehill in daily fantasy is an option for you. It looks like he's at around 5,700 in most sites. He's about the 11th or 12th quarterback available. While it's not a fantastic matchup, like I said, I expect the Titans to take shots deep to open up that Colts defense. And if he hits on one or two of those, Ryan Tannehill is going to make your day worth it. So, I would consider him in daily fantasy if you want a cheap option at quarterback. If you're in season long and you're streaming quarterbacks, Tannehill is definitely an option for you with the, you know, the tear that he's been on, the streak that he's been on. It's probably a little uncommon that he would still be floating around in the waivers, but you know he's not a, a fancy name, so it's definitely possible. So I, w- I would look that direction if you're looking to stream quarterback in your season-long league or you're looking for a cheap option in daily fantasy. Also, Derrick Henry, he's just a, a, a breadwinner for your season-long fantasy team. So regardless of if the Colts are a good run defense, you're going to have to play Derrick Henry. His price on daily fantasy sites is starting to climb a little bit. I think last week when 
when we talked, it was 6700 Now it's 7600 So you're starting to pay a little bit more of a premium as we get into Dehember. But uh, I still think that he's, he has the opportunity to help you in season long. But I don't know if you would go Derrick Henry in Daily Fantasy with, with the matchup that he has. And honestly, my game plan is expecting the Titans to have to throw a little bit more just due to the way the Colts play defense. Which brings us to the wide receivers, though. A.J. Brown is now the most expensive Titans wide receiver in Daily Fantasy by far. But in this game, as I mentioned in our first segment, I expect Corey Davis to be the more productive wide receiver because they're going to need to hit some shots downfield. And Corey Davis primarily runs the deeper routes on this team because he's a better route runner and a better catcher of the football. So you could throw him the ball deeper and expect him to do more with it. A.J. Brown is obviously better at catching him short, breaking some tackles, being good with the ball in his hands. But I expect Corey Davis to catch the ball down the field for the Titans. He's only about 4000 on a lot of daily fantasy sites right now. So he's really cheap. You can put him in as a flex, stack him with Tannehill and daily fantasy lineups. Also, if you're really in a pinch on your season long, I guess you could throw Corey Davis in there, but I don't think I would be comfortable with that. But having him in a flex role in your daily fantasy lineup as a cheap wide receiver option to stack with Tannehill is definitely an option for you. Looking at Jonu Smith as well. Uh, like I said in the first segment, I expect Jonu Smith and Corey Davis to have big days down the field catching the football for the Titans, and they're going to need it. So Jonu Smith is about 3300 on different sites. He's one of the cheapest possible tight ends, and the those sites really haven't caught up to the fact that Jonu Smith is a starting tight end on this team, and I get it. His stats haven't been incredible throughout the season. Right now, he's only had one touchdown uh, 280 some yards so I get why he's the price that he is but considering Delaney Walker's gone on IR for the rest of the season I expect Johnu to really try to step up and show that he can handle the primary tight end duties on this team and I expect the Titans to reward him with some looks down the field uh, Delaney Walker I mentioned this in the first segment but I'll bring it back up Delaney Walker in the week two matchup against the Colts had six targets four catches for 39 yards the Titans really targeted the Colts linebackers which was something I talked about in the game plan in week two target those linebackers target those safeties over the middle get them committed to the run and play action fakes and then hit him over the top over the middle with Corey Davis on crossers with Jonu Smith on crossers I expect to see that again I mean it's still going to be a possibility for the Titans to do that so Jonu Smith in your daily lineups as a cheap 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 tight end option seems like a really good play if you're looking to stack your lineup with some more expensive guys so I, I would look that way the Titans defense if you have them in season long I would pull that I would go ahead and use them I wouldn't use a waiver claim on any new defense I wouldn't stream defense the Colts offense while being disciplined and smart I don't expect them to be very explosive and score a lot of points the the Titans may be able to get a turnover as well with the type of aggressive man coverage and blitzing I expect them to do so I would queue up the Titans defense, but I would probably stay away from them in daily fantasy. So that's going to wrap up our fantasy conversation. That is going to do it for my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy preview. Let's go into keeping it plus 100. And the Titans right now are actually getting some points. The Colts are two and a half point favorites right now at home. I think that's crazy with the way the Titans have been playing lately. I think Vegas is really putting themselves in a bad spot. Now the house always wins, so you know, 
I'm saying this now like it's an easy one, but if if it were that case, I wouldn't be doing the podcast, guys. I'd be out in Vegas for a living. So, uh, obviously, just my opinion here. But if you guys are going to go to mybookie.ag and you know make your games a little more exciting on Sunday and have a little bit more riding on it, the Titans plus two and a half is just phenomenal. I mean, I think that the Titans are the better team right now, anyways. So, giving them points and being the better ball club. I, I just think that's a slam dunk. The over-under right now is 43.5. I hate over-unders. It's just so hard to tell. But I would probably lean under. I don't know if I would feel comfortable enough to put my hard-earned money on it. I do feel comfortable enough with the Titans getting 2.5 points, putting some money there. But that over-under, just a little too low for me. The Titans' offense... You never know what they're going to do against this Colts defense. So I don't know if I would feel comfortable there. As my score prediction, I predicted 23-16. to 16. That's only 39 points. So I would expect the under there. Now, one thing to consider, if you're able to do a 6, 7, 10-point parlay of some kind, combining these two, imagine if you had a 7-point parlay here, you could get the Titans at plus 9.5 points and get 50 and a half as the over-under, I would absolutely hammer, or you could go the other way if you wanted to. I would love that too, going down to 36 and a half points and betting the over. But there is the possibility that the Titans or the Colts blow the other team out, but in a, a small way, you know, like a 24 to 3, 24 to 7, something like that. So that's still kind of dangerous. I think I would push that up to 50 and a half, take the under on that, push the Titans up to 9.5 points, and I mean... I'm throwing the mortgage on that one. Don't really throw your mortgage on that. I would feel terrible. But you guys know what I mean. It seems like a really good bet there. So that's going to do it for keeping it plus 100. I hope you guys enjoyed the segment. We are going to jump into our third segment, of course, and do Song of the AFC South, cover what the Titans division rivals are doing this weekend and where our rooting interest should be, and then also couple that with our playoff picture preview and take a look at the other playoff contenders in the AFC. Before we do that, I do want to remind you guys that you can treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. I DoorDash too much, quite frankly. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Are you listening on the go? You might be traveling still, coming back home from the holiday season. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find that and all the other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Song of the AFC South and our playoff picture preview. So let's take a look at all the playoff contenders in the AFC who are fighting with the Titans right now and also take a look at the Titans division opponents as quite frankly, you know, two of the Titans division opponents are part of this playoff picture push and uh, I also just want to keep up with the Jags and and hope that they lose all their remaining games because... Because it's Jacksonville and why not? So, first things first, let's take a look at a pretty important game for the Titans that took place on Thanksgiving. Buffalo beat Dallas 26-15. to The Bills are now 9-3. There was a moment there where they lost to the Browns where you thought maybe the Bills weren't quite the team that... that their record indicated, but that is not the case. The Bills are a really good football team, and they're well-coached. They have an explosive quarterback who 
essentially it's kind of like Cam Newton all over again, the way Josh Allen plays. They don't have as many designed runs and things of that nature, but with his physical size combined with that athleticism, combined with that arm strength, he's just a dynamic weapon, you know, if he's not turning over the ball and he's not making dumb mistakes out there, Josh Allen's a very good quarterback who can kind of manage that offense, and they have a very talented defense. So Buffalo is a very good football team and beat Dallas on Thanksgiving. They'll probably keep a stranglehold on that first wild card spot at this moment in time. I don't expect that to change. Moving forward, Cleveland sitting at 5-6, and six, still in the playoff mix at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a 2.5-point underdog home against Cleveland, uh, something tells me that Pittsburgh's going to find a way to win that game against the Browns, who seem like they're surging, but I just don't believe in that. It would be better for the Titans if the Browns would win that game. I would rather have two teams at 6-6 six and six than the Steelers at 7-5. and five. Uh, A lot of people like to crap on the Browns right now because of all that hype at the beginning of the season, but I'm over all of that. All I care about is what's best for the Titans at, that moment in, at this moment in time, and I want Cleveland to win that ball game. Even if it doesn't eliminate Cleveland, it brings Pittsburgh back down and makes them both at the same time less of a threat to the Titans. So hopefully Cleveland, who is the favorite in this game, will be able to pull that out in Pittsburgh against Duck Hodges, the third string quarterback for the Steelers. Pretty crazy what the Steelers are doing this year. You got to give Mike Tomlin credit for uh, keeping them afloat. The Raiders, 6-5 and five at Kansas City, 7-4. and four. Kansas City right now is about a 10-point favorite. Uh, you got to hope that the Kansas City Chiefs can help out the Titans here. They lost to the Colts. They lost to the Texans. By God, the Chiefs owe the Titans one. Please beat someone. Help the Titans. So expect Kansas City to win that game at home against Oakland, who may take a dip here at the end of the season. Hopefully the Titans can catch the Raiders when they play them and uh, catch them in a little bit flatter moment of the season than they had been off a little bit of a winning streak recently. The big game for the Titans on the weekend, though, is the New England Patriots, who are 10-1, and at the Houston Texans, who are 7-4, and on Sunday night football. Right now, the Patriots are 3.5-point favorites. The Titans need the Patriots so bad. Everybody says that the Titans are Patriots south, and all we do is, is take from New England. Okay, well, we need Big Brother to help us out then. Okay? Uh, I don't have a problem being New England South if that means that New England's going to help us out and beat Houston. There is the chance, as I mentioned, the whole entire show, if the Titans win this game against the Colts and the Texans lose, both teams are 7-5 and five and the Titans have two games against the Texans remaining. There is a complete possibility and probably a more realistic possibility of the Titans winning the AFC South than getting the wild card. So we really need New England, who's 10-1. and I mean, Lord, if New England comes out and loses that game to go to 10-2, and I'm going to be very frustrated. Very frustrating what the Chiefs and the Patriots will have done to us at that moment in time if that happens to be the case. But let's hope that Bill Belichick, who's the greatest football coach in the history of the universe, is able to get that victory for us so we can cheer for New England on Sunday night. We can cheer for Kansas City. We can cheer for Cleveland. Also, just to mention it, as I said I was going to, the Buccaneers are at the Jags. Uh, the Jaguars are 4-7, and seven, and I hope for nothing but bad things for the Jaguars organization. So hopefully the Buccaneers can come out there and uh, throw all over them. Winston will probably throw a few interceptions, but he could still throw it down the field with those talented wide receivers, as we saw 
with Mike Evans destroying us in that game. Uh, Titans still able to pull out the victory there, but hopefully Tampa Bay can do that to the Jags and pull out a victory and just put the Jags even further into their misery with Nick Foles. So that is kind of going to wrap up our playoff picture preview and song of the AFC South. I have given you guys two pretty decently long shows here at the end of the holiday week. Again, I apologize for the mix-up with Crossover Wednesday and the host of the Locked On Colts not being able to come on with us for whatever reasons that that he had. I won't divulge and go into, but either way, uh, I appreciate you guys for hanging with me. I know a lot of you were looking for the show on Wednesday night, so I put out that hour-long show yesterday, so you guys had something during the holiday, and I hope this suffices as well. Really fun show. I had a good time recording it. This is a really big game. I I don't know how else to stress it, but the Titans have to win this game. I mean, these are the type of games that when we talk about how the fan base feels, how many people show up to the football games, people are selling their tickets to away teams coming into Nashville, things like that. These are the type of games. If the Titans go out there and let us down and play a bad game against this banged up Colts team that they should beat, that's the type of thing that lets down the fan base and and keeps us in this insecure place where we don't really feel like we can completely buy in. And I know some people right now are still kind of on the fence with the Tannehill situation, the Tannesaunce, as I call it. So that's understandable. And the only way to defeat that is beat teams that the Titans are supposed to beat. The Titans should have come out and run the Jags ragged, and they did. So will they be able to, like I said at the beginning of the show, coming out and destroying the Jaguars is something that the Titans do when they're a good team and when they're a bad team. It's not, to me, it was fun. It was a great game. It was a necessary must-win game. But it's not a sign of some turnaround that this team has made all of a sudden. Beating Indianapolis in Indianapolis when you should beat Indianapolis is a sign of a turnaround where the Titans maybe are starting to develop into a consistent football team, and then we will all feel better about their chances in the playoffs and getting to the playoffs. So hopefully they take care of business here. We can come back on a victory Monday and have a great show then as well. So that's going to do it for today's show, though. We went over our game preview. I went through my key game point plans, my key players of the game, gave you my game and score prediction. We did my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy preview and keeping it plus 100 to go over the gambling and fantasy aspects of the game and then just went over the song of the AFC South and our playoff picture preview so we know exactly where our rooting interests are this weekend. I go hope you guys had a great and safe holiday with your friends and family. I hope that carries on through the weekend and we come back together and enjoy ourselves on a Victory Monday show. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.